It has become quite clear to me that we don't pick our thoughts. We don't pick what comes into our heads. We don't pick the words. We don't pick the thoughts out of the blue that randomly surge. When we're in the shower and we have those moments of clarity, we don't pick what randomly comes to our heads. None of it's forced. It just appears. Many could see that as a beautiful thing. We have to just wait and be patient to find the sources of inspiration. And perhaps that is a nice poetic way to put it. Yet I don't want to necessarily look at it that way. It sort of leaves us in this place of feeling like there's nothing we can do about it. And of course, I think that there's a lot of value in learning how to be patient and wait and to not push yourself too much and to not force yourself too much. Perhaps that's a better way to put it. However, I do think that we should take responsibility for putting ourselves in better situations to enhance the quality of the thoughts that appear in our heads. We can do better to select what goes into our heads because ultimately we can't produce something out of the blue in our heads. It has to be a product of some sort of input, some sort of material that we're taking in, some sort of content, whether that be written, visual, audio, physical in our senses, smells. We have five ways to take in information. And that set of inputs is the set of availability we have to build the network of information and inspirations through which we can form thoughts. So what can we do about this conundrum of not being able to pick our thoughts, but perhaps being able to pick what goes in to creating those thoughts? I think we first have to take a step back and to ask what kind of world we want to live in, what kind of life we want to live, and what kind of mental space we want to occupy. What do we want our thoughts to look like? What do we want our day-to-day brain state to look like? What do we want all of this to be? So, thinking about those questions, I'll talk through my own examples and how I am trying to go about this myself. So, what I'm trying to build in terms of a mental space in my head is a space that is organized, a space that is slow and disciplined, a space that is not overwhelmed, a space that is not afraid, a space that is not occupied by fear, a space that is not occupied by hate, loathing, anger, but rather a space that is occupied by curiosity, a desire to learn, and a desire to grow and to connect. So, with all that in mind, I am trying to select the content that I listen to to make it aligned with those values, 
I want to listen to longer form content rather than shorter things that don't fully grasp a situation or more deeply touch on a problem or something new. I'm going to listen to content that helps me to learn new things and to engage with new perspectives. Perspectives that help me to see the world in a new light or to help me to understand a new angle through which I can see some topic or challenge that I think is interesting or relevant to my life, relevant to something important in the world. And because I want to live in a world that is less polarized, a world that is engaged, a world that is loving and caring, a world that is motivated to make things better, while also having a critical eye to what works and what doesn't work, a world that is driven by science, dialogue, freedom of speech, the ability to share share and trade ideas. Because I want to live in a world like that, I am listening to lots of different perspectives. I'm not limiting myself to one political spectrum, one conviction on any side of a single problem. I'm really trying to listen to thinkers who integrate, thinkers who speak adequately about both sides of the equation. People who are not afraid to what some might call steel man the other side, or to be able to fully explain and really understand the other side's argument, despite you not believing it. These are things that matter a lot to me, and these are things that I think can really help all of us form a better world and a less polarized society. And also, for us to just become more intelligent, more thoughtful. If you can really understand other things that go beyond what problems you are trying to address and the angles and perspectives that you have, then you'll have more sources of inspiration where when you are taking that shower on a Tuesday, that random thought that comes into your head, well, the likelihood that it comes is going to be a lot higher if you're exposing yourself to these types of information and these types of thinking, rather than just going down the same rabbit hole and listening to the same stuff over and over again. So, with all that being said, it's quite curious to try to think through this conflict of I don't pick my thoughts, but I pick what goes in my head, which can form my thoughts. And the question is, at least for me from there, well, what leads you to pick what you choose to occupy your thoughts? And that is quite a question for me and my perspective on free will and the way that all of this works. It doesn't seem like we have a say. It seems like we are condemned to feel like we have a say, but not necessarily to have a say in itself. Since we were born, since we were raised, we didn't have a say in so much fundamental information that went into our upbringing. We didn't have a say in our parents. We didn't have a say in our genes. We didn't have a say in the school we went to. We didn't have a say in the friends who we had the possibilities of making. We didn't have a say in what teacher we had. We didn't have a say in our aunts and uncles, brothers, cousins, sisters. All of these. We didn't have a say in any of it. We didn't have a say in who spent the most time with us when we were kids. We didn't have a say in what their beliefs were. We didn't have a say in everything that they thought about the world and what they decided to say versus did not decide to say. We had no say in any of it. And yet, 
all of that was so formative. All of that shaped us into being who we are today. And it continues to do so. And I think the best, or one of, I should say, to humbly put it, one of the best routes to start to get closer to being in the driver's seat, or closer to the wheel, I should say, is being able to understand that. Being able to step back and understand what went into you. What went into you becoming you. What went into this equation that created you. What went into the perspectives that you have? What sorts of more innate characteristics do you have? When you look at your parents, what are the characteristics that you think you share? When you look throughout your family, are there certain tendencies that also align with who you are and how you show up in the world? When you look out into the literature on psychology, on biology, on neuroscience, are there certain types of tendencies that seem to be hardwired or genetic that through extensive study seem to be fairly consistent over time? And if so, what are some of those characteristics? How do those express themselves in your life? And how might those influence who you are, your personality, and what you're interested in, and what sorts of political leanings you might have, and what sorts of beliefs you might have about the world? All these questions are extremely relevant to understanding who we are, why we have the thoughts we have, why we have the convictions we have, and why we have the beliefs that we have. And I think it's really useful for us to take a step back and to try to understand these things because that helps us to get out of what some might call the matrix or this world that everything around you is controlling you and you're just not aware of what's happening. I think it's really useful to be able to step back and understand yourself in the way that you operate from a space that lies outside of you. And then when you can start to understand that, you can then start to adjust and step out to really understand who you are and to make adjustments, to try to fit you into the mold that you really want to create or a mold that you think is better for the world. You can start to listen to feedback. You can start to listen to other people's thoughts about you, other people's thoughts about the world, other people's perspectives that might not align with what you're naturally used to. And that's a good thing. It's good to hear those things. Those things make you grow. And those things help you to see the world in a really curious and new way. And I don't think we should be afraid of that. But anyways, I'll stop there. That was a whirlwind of thoughts, starting from we don't pick our thoughts all the way to, well, what do we really pick? And, well, it doesn't seem like much, yet it certainly feels like we do. And because it feels like we do, we should take advantage of it and try to do the most of it that we can. So thanks for listening, and as always, much love. I'll be back soon. Take care. Cheers.